Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose body the fire had no power. Their hair on their head wasn't even singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire wasn't even on their clothes. And Nebuchadnezzar spoke and he said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who who sent his angel and delivered his servants, watch it, who trusted in him and underlined it, yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any God except their own. Therefore, in verse 29, I make a decree that any people, nation, language which speaks Anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. And then the king promoted, are you looking at verse 30? Come on, read it with me. And then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Saints, stop right there. Chapter 3, verse 7, and you can peruse there if you will the music played and all the people fell down and worshiped the image of king nebuchadnezzar except rack shack and benny the administration told the king the boys refused to worship look at verse 13 the king was angry in rage and he commanded the boys to be brought to him the king said is it true boys that you don't want to take a knee and serve my gods And he said, I'm going to give you another chance because I like y'all. When you hear the music from the Babylonian Philharmonic, you need to bow. And if you don't, I'm working hard, y'all. And if you don't bow down and worship, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. Look at chapter 3, verse 15. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? He, write this in your margins, he is about to find out. To fireproof your faith, number one, you must be persuaded. Look at verse 16 again. They said, King, we don't know and don't need to tell you again. If that's what you do, our God is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of your hand. But if not, we won't serve or worship your gods. 
probably the most glaring thing about these boys is that they couldn't be persuaded. They couldn't be bought off. No threats, no consequence, no punishment would make them worship a false god. And I want you to pay particular attention to verse 18. Look at three small, very important words in verse 18. But if not, they said, we know God is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. We know God can send angels from heaven to bear us up. We know if God wanted to, he could kill each and every one of you right now. We know the same God that opened up the Red Sea could lower the temperature in the furnace. We know that our God is able to deliver us. Listen up. But if not, we will still trust him. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. Say amen. Say amen. Keep in mind, keep in mind, watch this, keep in mind. They said this before they knew the outcome. For all they knew, this, could, this little situation right here, little situation, could have been their swan song. It could have been their last final words. For all they knew, they were writing their own death sentences. For all they knew, they would wake up in glory. Are y'all getting this? They are saying, King, just in case we're burned up and we don't get the chance to tell you again, let's be clear. We will never worship your false gods. Where's the saints at? Never. Never. Now, let's talk a little bit, just a little bit about what is idolatry? What is idolatry? Let's talk a little bit about it. Simple, simple saints. Idolatry is the corruption of true worship. Done. Idolatry is the corruption of true worship. Idolatry is the most basic issue that God is concerned with. I want you to hear this. In other words, God is more concerned about idolatry than any other thing. And that's a tall statement, isn't it? God is more concerned. Are you listening at home? God is more concerned with idolatry than he is any other thing. Remember the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, the first tablet deals with our relationship with God. And the first commandment on the first tablet says, you already know, don't worship false gods. Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 through 4. And you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. Because what does it say, saints? For I am the Lord your God. Listen, having no other gods before me doesn't mean that you can have any gods after him. Say amen. Because some folk, well, no gods before him, but I can have plenty of gods after him. No. You can't. Before me means you cannot. God doesn't want to have any gods in his presence or in his face. This is God's basic concern in his dealing with mankind. Let me give you in a machine gun fashion, if you will, things that idolatry consists of. Are you listening? 
bowing down to images, worshiping images, worshiping other gods, swearing by other gods, walking after other gods, speaking in the name of other gods, sacrificing, watch this, and giving to false gods. Saints, we need to be mindful of who and what we support with our money. Because we say, Lord, all I have is yours. Well, if all he, you have is his, well, then your money came from him as well. Somebody say amen. Your, and your money, I'm a, I'll, I'll wait. You know, I'm going to do, do it right or don't do it. <laughs> then your money came from him. And we need to then investigate and look into whomever and whatever organization that we are giving our money to, to be sure that they are supporting the things of God. Y'all ain't following me. Hmm? That they're supporting the things of God. Because how that money will be ultimately used is that money going toward honoring the things that God cares about. What kingdom is that money building? The kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light? We need to be mindful. Don't just arbitrarily write a check and send money, cash, app, Zoom, Zelle, whatever it is y'all do, to people because they look like a nice organization. I'm not about that life. No, sir. If I'm going to give you money, I'm going to know where it's going. Because I don't want to use what God has given to me to support something that doesn't please the Lord. If you follow me, say I'm following you. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Worshiping angels, idolatry. Worshiping animals. Now, don't get me started. Y'all already know. Tell me, people are worshiping animals nowadays. Some animals live better than children. People carrying the animals in the purses and all that. Animals are made to walk on the ground. That's what God said. I think. Don't hold me to that. (laughs) Carrying around the animals and carrying on. and People got air-conditioned homes for their animals. God made them so they can cool off themselves tell you something. If I got to cool off an animal, I'm giving them away. I'm just telling you right now. No. And we worship, we, you know, we worship inanimate things and angels and, and money and fame. And, and you get the point in social media and followers. Nowadays, you got followers. Oh, companies come by you and give you big money because you got like a million subscribers. You got a million followers, man. That's money, money, money. All this clicks. All these things can be idolatry. An idol is anything that you put before God. A few years ago, Christianity Today asked a panel of Christian scholars, what are the most prevalent gods of our time? And those mentioned included many things, the anti-Christian welfare state, scientism, which believes that science is the only means by which a desired outcome can be achieved, that scientism, communism, political democracy, nationalism, com- uh, conservatism, social adjustment, behaviorism, secularism, and humanism. 
Can I add one? I think one of the most prevalent gods that we worship in our country today is self. It's self. We're a society of self. Pray for me. We're a society of self. We're, we're a worshiping self society. People are worshiping the way they feel nowadays. Our feelings, are y'all praying for me? Our feelings have become our new God. How we feel now, we exalt, we exalt how we feel above reason. We exalt what we feel above truth. We exalt what we feel above the word of God. This is a problem, Christian. This is a problem. There was a Puritan and Presbyterian minister, and his name was Stephen Charnock. You might have heard, and he said, quote, when we believe that we should be satisfied rather than God glorified in our worship, then we put God below ourselves as though he had been made for us rather than that we had been made for him, end quote. Oh, that's good, y'all. Can I read it again? When we believe that we should be satisfied rather than God glorified in our worship, then we put God below ourselves as though he had been made for us rather than that we have been made for him, end quote. And I believe we are living in a time, and I got to tell you, I'm glad about it. We are living in a time where God is casting down idols in the church. We're living in a time where, 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 where pre-Rona. Huh? Huh? People, idols of buildings and budgets and consumer church shopping. People shop for churches like they shop for, uh, you know, clothing. And then they have a prerequisite. They, 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 you know, well, they're looking for a church that, uh, unfortunately, most people look for a church that's kind of hip and kind of cool. And the pastor's cool. And he has on like a flower shirt and glasses. <laughs> okay, ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but there is something wrong with that when that is the determinant factor as to whether you attend that church or not. Therein lies the problem, okay, or whatever. Therein lies the problem, okay? We, we, we look for churches that, that, that have all the accoutrements instead of looking for a church that teaches the Word of God. Come on, y'all, come on. That teaches the Word of God. And, and, and listen, and, and it's a sad thing. It's a sad thing. When we're looking for a church based on the music, I know people used to come to Calvary Chapel. Well, they probably still, well, not so much anymore, but okay, fine. Come to Calvary Chapel. Well, Pastor Ronnie, I love, when they first come. Oh, Pastor, I just love the teaching of the word of God. Oh, praise the Lord. The teaching is so good. But it took me a while to get used to the worship. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Worship, God says worship, spirit, and truth. Okay, if you like gospel music, that's all good. You like, you like the praise and worship and the contemporary stuff, that's all good. Whatever your style of worship is fine. I would tell you that when you are choosing a church, you choose a church based on whether they are staying in this book or not. You don't choose a church 
You don't choose. Are y'all still with me at home? You don't choose a church based on the accoutrements of church and worship. And it's unfortunate. This is the consumer mentality is what I'm trying to tell you is what, what people have gotten themselves into in the church today. God is casting down our idols of packed sanctuaries and presentation and pride and perfection and piety and plenty and possessions and popularity. The Rona has been good for the church because we're praying. We sing the songs. Oh, Lord, you're going to do it. Do it right. Uh, Casting down our idols. Give us clean hands and a pure heart. Let us not lift our souls to another. Oh, we can sing the song now. Oh, we can sing the song. Can you walk it out? Can, can you walk it out? We can sing the song. Oh, we can lift our hands. Oh, we get into that thing. But can you really walk it out? That's what's important, saints. And God is, I really thank God in some really strange, I would have said this like three months ago, and don't get me wrong. I know that people have, have been sick, and I know that people that have died, but, but I also know, and, and I'm, I'm sad about that, and for that I'm not glad of the Rona. Please don't take me out of context. I'm saying that I'm glad because God has used All things work together. All means all, and that's all. All means all things work together for good to those who love God, including the corona. Am I right about it? Let me tell you last thing. We move on. It's not only wrong to worship something other than God. It is wrong to worship God the wrong way. Did you hear me? It's not only wrong to worship something other than God. It's wrong to worship God the wrong way. First Samuel, wait a long time. First Samuel 16, God told Saul to go to battle and kill everything. Y'all know the story? Kill everything and everyone and don't take anything, no gold, no livestock, nothing. And Samuel shows up and says, Saul, did you do all that God commanded you to do? And Saul said, blessed are you of the Lord, Sammy. I did everything commanded. And Samuel said, then why do I hear the bleeding of the sheep and the lowing of the oxen? Didn't I tell you to destroy everything and every animal? Why do I hear them in the background? This is not good. It is bad. I only have one more today. Just, just one more. Just one. I'll stop. Saul said, you know the story. Saul said, I took them to worship God. And Samuel said, you just lost the throne. God wants you to worship him the way he says to worship him. We don't have the luxury, saints, to worship God as we choose. Idolatry is worshiping the wrong God and worshiping the right God in the wrong way. So we have to be careful. Let's move on to point number two in fireproofing our faith. You must be willing to endure pressure. In verse 19, the three Hebrew boys refused to worship King Nebuchadnezzar. In verse 19, King Nebi is angry. You can see it on his face. The only thing hotter than Nebuchadnezzar is the furnace, seven times hotter. You know, I almost titled this sermon, How to Be on Fire for God. 
stop, drop, and roll. I'm fired up. <laughs> then I went, no, it feels a bit off. <laughs> now watch this. Watch this. These boys, they knew God, they trusted God, and they are determined to serve God. Yes? And maybe they thought, listen, God is going to get us out of this situation. Because they have the attitude that should cause a breakthrough. They have the attitude that should cause a breakthrough. You know, we hear a lot about breakthrough, don't we? You know, breakthrough conference, breakthrough worship time, breakthrough Bible study. Everything's breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. Saints, they got a breakthrough. But it wasn't the breakthrough that they thought they were going to get. Are you still following me? In their breakthrough, watch. Things got worse, Mr. Greg. Things got worse. Jason, in their breakthrough, things got worse. And isn't it true that sometimes that happens? Often when you, listen, when you take a stand often for God, things may get worse. And you may find yourself standing in a pretty heated situation, but sometimes that's God testing you. Sometimes, listen to me close. If you've been asleep, please wake up. Sometimes God will put you under more pressure to test your trust. Test your trust. Sometimes things happen in our lives to test our trust. What do you mean? Genesis 22, Abraham, remember, sacrifice your only son, Isaac. Ask the children of Israel in the wilderness about testing their trust for 40 years. Remember, ask the man from the land of Uz, Job. Job did all the right stuff. He loved God. He stayed away from evil. God allowed Satan to attack Job. You know the story, but not touch his soul. He lost everything, family, wealth, health, house burned down all in the same day. Job went through so much, but he held on to the word of God. And then in Job, this is great. Job 42, 12 tells us the Lord blessed Job and his latter days were better than his beginning. Why? Because God was testing his trust. God restored to Job everything, including seven sons and three daughters. God will test, please listen. Are y'all listening? This is huge, huge. God will test your trust, but then he will push you past your trust. What you talking about, Willis? God will test your trust and push you past your trust. And if he only tested your trust as far as you already test him, then you could never grow. You could never mature. So he's got to push you past your trust. And here's good news. Here's good news. There will never be a bad thing that you will face that God isn't completely aware of and in complete control of. Somebody once said that every trial and every test is measured by the heart of an infinite and loving God. And the last thing, the pressure doesn't matter. Listen to me close. It's going to encourage you. The pressure doesn't matter. What matters is how you respond to the pressure. Don't focus on the pressure and the trials. Don't focus on the difficulty of the situation. Focus on the one who is able to handle all difficulty. 
Focus on what God is trying to teach you through the trial. Ask the question, is God trying to push me past my trust in my trial? C.S. Lewis was asked, why do the righteous suffer? And he said, why not? They're the only ones who can take it. Don't you love that? Fireproof your faith. Point number three, saints, you must believe the promise in verses 21 and 22. Please look there. The three Hebrew boys are bound, fully dressed with turbans in the fire. The fire is so hot. When the men open the door, the fire consumed them. Now, let's be clear. Just because we are saved, there is no guarantee that we won't have trouble. Am I right about that? Just because we're saved, it doesn't mean that God is going to spare us from the fires and the trials of life. And I remember in the church a period of time where everybody was talking about, you know, if you're going through something or, you know, you you, you have sickness or there's lack um, in your life or you're having trials, that you must be in sin You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.